0: Hello and welcome back to Take 97, a film podcast with me, your host, David Ingram. Welcome back to another brand new episode of the podcast, guys, and today we are going to Infinity and Beyond. We are not talking about Toy Story, unfortunately, but we are talking about something related to it, though. This is Toy Story, but brought to life, kind of. So it is the film that came out in 2022, and it is the animated Pixar film, same studio that brought you Toy Story, based around a character we all know and love, with that same phrase to infinity and beyond. It is Lightyear, uh, the Buzz Lightyear solo movie. The movie which I bet you didn't think we needed, but I think today the question that I'm going to ask you guys, and I'm going to ask myself, and try and answer as I talk about this, is was it needed? What was the point of Lightyear? Was it enjoyable? And also, the other question that I would ask as well is, does it make any sense? I will tell you very shortly, but for now, let's get started on the episode. So Buzz Lightyear is a character we all know and love from the Toy Story franchise. He's voiced by the wonderful Tim Allen in those movies. Tim Allen, who you may know from the Santa Claus trilogy at various other films as well, and TV show appearances, if you know Tim Allen. But Buzz Lightyear's voice, the voice that has lasted a generation, generations after that, um, is not featured in this film. Uh, Lightyear is actually a film that is said, and I quote, apparently, actually even, well, it says it at the beginning of the film, and they released it as a press release as well, that Lightyear was apparently the film that Andy would have seen before or around the time of getting the Buzz Lightyear toy from Toy Story. So this is the film that he would have seen, the film that the toy was based around, he would have got it. Leads me to the thing of why Tim Allen's voice wasn't used in this, and this is something I'm going to go and talk about because Tim Allen was not involved in this film at all. The voice of Buzz Lightyear is Chris Evans, so everyone's favourite superhero, super soldier, Captain America. Uh, He literally just finished off with one superhero, now he's gone to become an astronaut, an animated astronaut instead. Now whilst the film, I will say now, off the bat, is a very enjoyable film from start to finish. It's a great piece of fun, sci-fi fun. It is the sort of thing that I imagine that someone would have watched like in the Toy Story universe. Oh, it's a sci-fi film, a Space Ranger film. There's a toy of it. I can understand that. But there's a couple of plot threads and holes in this that I would like to address. Not always a bad thing, but I just wanted to sort of address some accuracy issues here. First of all, obviously, let's just go through the cast list. Uh, like I said, so Chris Evans is Buzz Lightyear. We also feature Taika Watiti as a character called Mo Morrison, who's a genuine funny character throughout the whole thing. James Brolin plays Zurg. I'll get on to more about him later. Kiki Palmer uh, plays Izzy Hawthorne, who is the granddaughter of Alicia Hawthorne, who is a who's like the partner slash mentor to Buzz Lightyear who's a fellow space ranger who at the beginning of the film we see the characters come down in their spaceship and they enter this uh planet they look around in kind of an aliens-esque style so well alien-esque style uh like ni- the 1979 alien film from ridley scott uh, they land on the planet they go around have a look and then bad things happen they try to escape there's a bit of adventure there it's quite fun uh they've got a bit of funny sort of stuff going on with this trainee with this newbie guy the rookie as they keep referring to them as uh, who ends up uh, getting them into all sorts of trouble but they try to escape and they end up being trapped on the planet because the ship has been destroyed and they break uh, buzzes it's buzz's fault buzz tries to leave the planet at hyper speed and like there's a part of the ship that's broken and it doesn't end well and they end up being trapped him and a load of other humans and space ranger based people they're all trapped in hypersleep at the time and then they end up being stuck on this planet so everyone basically awakes and they make a life for themselves on this planet whilst buzz tries to fix the mistake he made and get them all off the planet and get them back home and we basically see him try and do this journey trying to perfect the light speed journey so he slingshots around the sun about several hundred times and each time he travels through time and essentially he gets back and the beginning of the film is dedicated to him seeing his mentor Alicia, Alicia Hawthorne getting older and older and life just passing on by when he hasn't aged. It's um time dilation, I believe that the theory is explained as. Which is something that's used in an episode of Doctor Who, if I remember correctly as well, with um the Master and the Cybermen in Peter Capaldi era. But basically he might be gone a mere ten minutes or something, whereas it's like Ten year, well, five years uh, to the people on the planet. Every time he goes around the sun, does a slingshot. He doesn't quite succeed, and then eventually his mentor, so Alicia, she dies, and she's no longer in charge of the Space Ranger Corps, and. Basically, there's a new guy that comes in to take control of everything and he ends Buzz's mission to experiment and to try and fix the problem that he started. Eventually, he does actually solve the problem and fixes uh, like makes the solution to the issue that he had he manages to slingshot around and actually solve the problem again time travel thing happens still but he basically so it's a weird one that it's very simple sort of he just needs to somehow convince the new leader that it's worth them trying to get back out there and go back to normal life as it were and achieve hyperspeed but the there is between him leaving for the last mission when he slingshots around and fixes the hyperspeed issue alien robots come down and attack and invade the planet and try to attack them and there's been a security dome put across the entire like living habitat that they're based in the base then. And then we learned obviously in true, you know, if it's Buzz Lightyear, you've got to have an enemy, the enemy is Zerg and Zerg and his robots uh, are there to attack. And I don't, there's no real reason for them to attack, really. They just sort of come out of nowhere kind of thing. But we will learn more about them in a minute. A character I forgot to mention, which is one of my absolute favourite characters. You know, I love Taika Waititi to pieces, but there is a actor called Peter Son, and he voices the robot, lovable robot, Cat Socks, who is my personal highlight, specifically for his introduction. <laughs> when his tail's a USB charger, uh, he... One of my highlights is when he goes, um, his head spins around, and goes, Beep-boop, 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 beep-boop. <laughs> it's just a really, in- he's just such a fun side character. And if anything, he outshines Buzz Lightyear himself. And before I get on to the business of Zerg and what he means and my controversy with that one. And again, spoilers ahead, if you haven't seen Lightyear, there's spoilers ahead. I think one thing I would like to discuss really, I like the opening, it's very aliens-esque you know they land on the planet they discover some stuff and then it all hell breaks loose from there except it's a little bit more kid friendly in that respect because they stay on the planet rather than get suckered to death by some aliens although there's some alien squid things that do keep pulling them every now and again but i do think the person I can't remember the name of the director now but basically the writers and the team behind this clearly wanted to shoehorn in every single Toy Story reference you could get so first of all you have an opening bit of text that says this is the film that Andy would have watched so okay Toy Story reference number one tick But then they go as far as to literally all the catchphrases, literally the opening dialogue that Tim Allen has in Toy Story 1 when he first gets out of his box. He's first unboxed by Andy. And he introduces himself to Woody and the rest of the gang. He literally says every single line. So there doesn't seem to be any sign of intelligent life out here. Atmosphere is breathable. You know, literally he says word for word the dialogue from that first scene that... Tim Allen's Buzz year has. Uh, whilst I think it's a nice little callback in a way, I, I just think it's to infinity and beyond is fair enough because that's the catchphrase, uh, and that is referred to a couple of times in poignant ways. I would say maybe, arguably, uh, but I do think that whole first scene where they land on the planet and he just starts, you know, Buzz your mission log, and you know, may- they make a bit of a joke of it. Oh, what? who are you talking to? Are you talking to yourself? And I just think. It's really annoying that they couldn't have thought of something more original but I suppose they want people to know that this is meant to be the same Buzz Lightyear, the toy, but in real life he's the actual film character the toy is based on so I get that but I just thought it wasn't really, it was a little bit like lazy on the writer's part that they literally copied the first scene word for word and just put it into this situation, and added some funny mockery jokes in between, so I'd, you know, uh, it's just my opinion. The other thing that annoyed me, obviously, and annoyed many people, is the fact that Chris Evans, as great an actor as he is, and as much as I love Chris Evans, he, he's not Buzz Lightyear. If you think about the logic behind this, Buzz Lightyear the toy, surely, right, when you buy a toy from a film or a TV show, the voice usually is the same as the one on the TV show. That's demonstrated in Toy Story 2 when we see the old videotapes of Woody's roundup. The voice of Woody is the same as Woody the talking doll. As his pull string, as the bits that he speaks as when he's just talking between other toys, it's Tom Hanks's voice. Admittedly, when you release the toy in real life, I know Woody Dolls actually had the voice of, I think it was Tom Hanks's brother, I want to say. But it still sounded like Woody. The point being is, he doesn't sound... He sounds a little bit like Buzz in places, like Tim Allen, but not fully. And that's because he's not. And I just think that... I mean, I don't... But Tim Allen has actually gone on the record and said, I don't see it as being the same thing or as part of the same, you know. It's a separate thing altogether. And it is. To me, it's a fun sci-fi action and fantasy film. It's a bit of fun for the kids. It's another aspect of the Toy Story universe that they've Pixar universe they've tried to add in. But I genuinely think if Tim Allen was the voice of Buzz, it would have made that film even better than it was. Like, don't get me wrong, I enjoyed the film. It was a great bit of fun. But I just think it could have been so much better if you had the right man for the voice. Uh, Chris Evans, no disrespect, he did a great job, but personally for me Tim Allen will always be Buzz Lightyear And if you think about it, like I said, you sell a toy, the voice of the toy is generally the same as the one in the film, yeah? When you do merchandising, it's basic, common-sense marketing, I'm sure, at the end of the day. But no, no. Apparently, they just got somebody else to do the voice of the toy, Tim Allen, and he is the voice of Buzz Lightyear, but they couldn't get that voice for the film back when they made it. Really, at the end of the day, Buzz Lightyear is always going to be Tim Allen, and... That's my sort of opinion on that. So, yeah, it's a fun film, slightly confusing ending, which I'll get onto in a minute, and my other sort of debate with this. Basically, the film follows, so Buzz is trying to, uh, he ends up engaged in battle with these, he gets like a ragtag bunch of people with him who are like rookies in their own right, including Alicia's granddaughter. Played by Kiki Palmer, Easy Hawthorne, and along with Socks, his fateful robot cat. And we get this little team. So we get Taika Watiti's character, a couple of other characters in, as well, get them all together, some droid, android robot characters as well, all coming together to face Zerg, who is trying to destroy them all. And then we discover, uh, and this is the main point, this is the plot point that's going to spoil it for everyone. So, whilst everyone's sort of having fun and you know Buzz has been on his mission. He's finally solved the problem, but now he's got to face off with Zerg. He's now face to face with James Brolin, who plays Emperor Zerg or just Zerg in this case. Um, first of all, I don't like the design of Zerg. He's very robotic, and I d- and there's a reason why he's robotic is because it's like a robot suit, and it is a robot suit for a man inside it. And this is the big spoiler ahead: the man inside the Zerg suit is none other than Buzz Lightyear himself an older version of Buzz from an alternate timeline from the future, as it were, where he doesn't make the discovery and that he tries to, he makes all sorts of mistakes and tries to still complete the mission, as it were, and get back to being a space ranger. But he ends up inevitably going mad and becoming a bad guy, essentially. That's the bare basic of it, which is fine until Buzz, you think, well, Buzz is saving the day now and Buzz is ending the like good buzz is ending the timeline where he becomes a bitter old man who turns into this evil robot overlord. Um, So how, and then by the end of the film, we have like an end credit scene. I think by the end of it, where we see Zerg floating, it's about all like part of Zerg floating in space. And it suggests that Zerg is still out there and they could do a light year too kind of thing. But my issue with that is obviously I hope they don't do another light year because I don't think they need to do it. If they do it, they ought to just do it Empire Strikes Back style and just make sure it's better than the first one. But I don't quite understand how Zerg can still be alive if Buzz didn't become bitter, didn't continue on and did get it right in the end. But then you think, oh wait, he's from an alternate universe, so... Yet again, and I hate to say this, as much as I'm a fan of the multiverse and multiple versions of people popping up, it's getting a bit boring. The multiple versions of people, so the multiversal stories that we're introduced to these days, like we have Doctor Strange, we have Spider-Man, the MCU has just announced that this is the multiverse saga. They're even doing it in, I mean, if it's still going to come out, the Flash movie, that's all about the multiverse as well. Like... I just genuinely don't think that this film really should have gone down that route. It should have been a case of he's from a rogue timeline, he's trying to escape it, and he got defeated. Or, you know, what would have been better is if they just kept Zerg as a separate entity. You know, even if they kept him with the, buzz, I'm your father, little rip-off of Star Wars when they put that in Toy Story 2. I would have been on board with that. But no, the design of Zerg is just so so rubbish basically i just don't understand why he was made into such a rec- like the robots actually look more accurate to that video game that rex plays at the beginning of toy story 2 than anything i don't like the fact you know he's not even referred to as emperor zerg he's just zerg and then it turns out that the only reason he's called zerg is because his robots that he's got under his command can't say they can't say buzz they can just say zerg so he becomes zerg like it's a bit of a pathetic pay off really it doesn't really work and I'm missing the cape like the blaster that he had you know it would have been nice to see a realistic version of the blaster that would have been so much better but I, I don't know I light year is a fun film and if you don't think about it it's enjoyable to watch and I will watch it again just to have a look at it And it's got some nice, clever references to other... To Infinity and Beyond is the big one from Toy Story. Um, You've got the alien reference, the way they land on the planet and the way they sort of go around. Um, But I don't like the way that they constantly rip off the first bit of the Toy Story dialogue. Uh, And I don't like the way they've just redesigned Zurg into someone completely different. Like, I know it's unexpected and a bit more fresh in some respects, but jumping on the multiverse bandwagon really isn't what they, what Disney Pixar needed right now. Just stick to the basic emotional storytelling. I think this is one of the few Disney Pixar films I haven't actually like just said yeah you know what I'll just sit back and enjoy it it's a Pixar film. I've actually wanted to pick this one apart because it's got so many good layers and so many bad layers that you know I'll rate this film overall a 3.5 out of 5 And that's only because I think the story itself without all the complications is a fun story from start to finish. Socks is a great little mini character. I love Socks. I even got myself a little pop vinyl right next to me here as we record this. And also I love Taika Waititi. He's just great in anything that he's in. Uh, His character was really fresh and funny. Admittedly, some of his jokes felt a bit forced at times, but I do think that him and Socks were a good balancing act for the likes of Chris Evans and and I see like the classic Pixar tropes of bringing Izzy Hawthorne under the wings of Buzz Lightyear to know who she you know, she sees herself as this great, I'm a Hawthorne, I'm amazing, but she learns to have a bit of humility and just not be too over the top with her confidence and just be genuinely fun with her characteristics and also be herself which is all she has to be. She doesn't have to live up to a name. She can be herself. And then that will become her legacy. Chris Evans does a good job as Buzz Lightyear. Just, you know, the the film itself, the imagery, the the design of it all, it's really good. I love the design of it. It's brilliant. The trailer made me look forward to it a lot because it was... Chris Evans wasn't talking (laughs) until the end of the trailer. But then I think it was a really good opportunity to do something cool like this like I pray to God they just do not do a Woody film because if they do a Woody film and then they just cast someone that isn't Tom Hanks I'll just I'm out of here I'll watch it just to see what it's like but I'm out of here I'm sorry I put my foot down at any more this is what the thing looks like or you know I can just see actually I'm saying it now they'll probably do a Disney Plus series which is like the puppet Show puppet-based show that was shown in Toy Story Two of Woody and the Roundup Gang. Oh God, that's probably something that's going to happen. (laughs) Mm -hmm. But seriously, Lightyear. It could have had Tim Allen. It would have been better. Taika Waititi and Peter Son, So Mo Morrison and Socks. They're brilliant. I love them. Good old bit of Beepoo, 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 Beepoo is amazing. And 3.5 overall because of the annoying inclusion of. The ripped off dialogue and also just the way they use the wrong, like, they, the, I don't know, design has been good but then it's not. Like, the des- the realistic design of Buzz Lightyear was good to a degree and all the characters was great. Zerg's design was really off. I think the only thing that the filmmakers can be proud of in this is that it's just a fun, simple romp to watch if you don't think about it. But if you're a real big Toy Story fan or just a film fan in general, there's good bits, but there's also bad bits where you'll see the references to other sci-fi, but you'll also think, this is actually not that good. But it is fun at the end of the day. I'm slamming it a lot, but you know, overall, if you have kids, and or if you're just a fan of Toy Story in general, I'd give it a watch anyway. But don't, for those of you who are big hardcore Pixar fans and are into Tim Allen's Buzz Lightyear, do not go into this thinking that it's going to be something that it's not because it will disappoint you harshly. I went in with a fairly open mind, but I really wanted them to play David Bowie's Starman at one point during the film, but they didn't do that, so I was disappointed. (laughs) That's just a tiny thing. Yeah, at the end of the day, it's good overall, fun story. If Toy Story didn't exist, this film would probably not have as much problems as it did, apart from the multiversal element at the end, or the reason why he's still alive kind of thing. So it's not 100% original in places, and it's not 100% interesting, but it's a bit of fun. And I'd say if they do a Lightyear 2, they better just not retcon, but just redo a couple of things. Like, if they're going to go down the multiverse thing, just retcon the fact that Zerg was old, Buzz, and bring in the real Emperor Zerg. Because, you know, to me, that's not my Emperor Zerg. The real Zerg has a cape, and looks like the one from Toy Story. (laughs) Like how on earth would the toy from Toy Story go from, you know, go from the design in the film to the design in Toy Story 2? I just can't. How on earth would the design from the film that Andy saw go from that to some random dude in a cape which apparently appears in all the video games but not in the film that he watched? But at the end of the day uh, I think that's all i have to say it's a very short review this one uh, i don't have much else to say on Lightyear other than the fact that we are going to go to infinity and beyond and i think that this film is something that you can look at and think yeah they didn't need to do that but they did it anyway so just a quick note as well guys before we do wrap up on this episode i think you've got a lot to look forward to i've made some statements about things that I'm going to be doing. Some will be taking a bit longer to come to you than others because of certain scheduling and such, but there will be some definite ones to come, so you will be getting a Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness review, even though I've just absolutely dissed multiversal <laughs> storylines in Lightyear. even though that's just my theory of how it works. But I do think that you're going to look forward to some of the next ones that are coming up, and we do also have a two-part collaboration. I'm not gonna say what film it is yet, but there will be a collaboration between myself and Films Unchained host Ace Mesa once again. Uh, you can probably guess what it the main sort of the director or the, you know, the type of film it is based on our history, if you're avid Tate 97 or Films Unchained fans, but I look forward to bringing you that episode, or those two episodes should I say, as a Tate 97 production collaboration with Films Unchained very, very soon. Uh, So I'm very excited for you to hear those episodes. But for now, thank you for listening to my episode all about Lightyear. Let me know what you think about Lightyear. Did you think it was a little bit of a ripoff of parts of Toy Story? Did you think it was a bit disrespectful to the original canon? Did you enjoy it? Did you think, what the hell, I really enjoyed this? Did you just think that it was a really fun piece of cinema for kids and families alike? Let me know on the Instagram. I'll put out a poll, I'm sure, to see what you guys think of Lightyear. And... For now, that's a wrap on Take 97, the light year edition of the podcast, and I'll see you on the next episode to infinity and beyond. Bye-bye, guys.